listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from a Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David Leo joining us again in the studio. Welcome David. Thank you Jason and happy Wednesday everybody. It is Wednesday the 30th of August. I was going to look up something special that happened on the 30th of August but I didn't have time this morning so <laughs> um, do you know of anything special that happened on the 30th, 30th of, of August? August? No, I don't. Nothing's I do know coming was, to mind. No, I do know. Um, on Monday was my birthday. Yeah. And the day before that, it's a, I got a couple of friends that it was their birthday. Happy, happy birthday for Monday. Thank you. And on the 29th, I know it's a, a famous King Pop, King of Pop, Michael Jackson's birthday on the oh, 29th. Oh, yesterday. Oh. The 30th? I draw a blank. I don't draw know anything about 30th. Oh, very good. Yeah, I should get a notification on my on an app or something yeah, what happened I'm on sure this there is, I'm yeah. sure there is an app I should I should find one um, David over the weekend you had something on up on the north of the state a youth rally how did that go yeah that was <laughs> that was awesome it was good to spend some time with some of the youth up there um, we did a lot of we had intergenerate not a, a few weeks ago so yes, I got to use yeah. yeah I got to use some of the things I learned there yeah. with our youth and um, it was really it was, it was really good it was really interactive and young people like hanging out together and uh, I also like hanging out with young people because they make me feel like I'm young Yeah. and I had, a, I had some friends from Melbourne come visit and they joined us as well and uh, she shared some of the um, uh, my friends shared what they do in, in Melbourne one of the churches there at North Point if, uh, if you're listening, North Point Centre, shout out to you for the food pantry that you guys run every day. And um, yeah, she shared with our, our, our young people the work that they do and helping the community. And uh, <laughs> something happened. I'm about to have a whinge, uh, yeah. Jason. And I reckon there's some listeners out here that can relate to what I've gone through for the last, my wife said, I think two months, the last two months. We've been spending money where we don't want to spend money. Mm. You know, so I, I actually drove a hire van up to the to the youth rally because my car on Thursday as I was driving home um, broke down on the uh, just off the off the motorway the alternator needed replacing so I had a bit of an adventure having the car getting towed to the mechanics and uh, they quoted the money that needed to come with that I was thinking wow and before that I had a tooth removed not, not too long ago the dentist spent about an hour ten minutes trying to get a tooth out of my uh, out of my mouth and uh when I handed over the, the health insurance card, they said, oh, it's been used up. And I went, oh, of course it has. I had some other work done until the beginning of the year. And my, my son's knees been playing up, so we had to see the physio. And just all these things that you don't plan, you know, like you didn't expect to happen. And, you know, on Thursday, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I had one of those moments of, um, why am I being judged? Mm. Well, what was me? You know, and, and, and uh, a moment of that. And... You know, like uh, we're going through the minor prophets. I think it's a good segue into what we're going to get into. But in those moments, I think it's really important. I love how I love how Rick Herkinen says it when we when we go through a hard time. You know, we we start to talk about some issues and try to work through some problems. And he goes, you know, despite the issue we're going through, Jesus still sits on the throne. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's mm. always a good reminder, you know. Mm. And so, as well as me, it's always important that we remember. That uh, who the character of Jesus is, and this is how we're going to start in the book of Nahum uh, this morning. 
Yeah. Um, well, last week, do you want to just give us a, a quick recap of what happened um, uh, last week? Yeah. We did uh, Obadiah. Obadiah. Yeah. yeah, so we looked at Obadiah and um, it talked about the uh, the two, the, the judgment of a, of a city called, or a people called Edomites. Edomites were the descendants of Esau and it looked at Judah who were the descendants of Israel and the book talks about the Edomites being in a judgment and basically the crux of the whole message is for Judah to have hope that um, that God will deliver them. You know, In the end, God will be successful. And we have a similar theme that we're going to go through with uh, Nahum as we as we go through it today. <clears throat> but we'll um, we can start there. Uh, if, if, if everyone's at Nahum yeah well we'll ask you to open Nahum but um, just remember if you want to go back and have a listen to our past episodes that's on the Faith FM website you can do that every one of our episodes faithfm.com.au find the Tassie Encounters program there and uh, you'll be able to find our Minor Prophets yes. well the one past episode of that one. The one but also I'm noticing a bit of a theme here David that um, we're bringing a little bit of the previous series into this as well yes we are the roles of Christ <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is incredibly important because as we look at the Old Testament and the Minor Prophets we have to wrestle we're, we're trying to get to know Jesus last week uh, Jason picked up we're looking at Jesus as the judge and Jesus as Michael the warrior and Jesus as king, as a deliverer. Mm. And we'll see similar themes now. And it's so important to know Jesus in these roles in order to understand um, what we're reading and what we're hearing. Because if you don't know Jesus in that particular manner or know him in this this, this role, uh, what we're reading here, it sounds like um, it sounds like hate speech. That's a modern term I'm using, you know, if you haven't heard that before. It sounds like uh, some toxic words being used. But if you know Jesus in this particular way, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see and hear it in a specific perspective. But um, let's begin by reading mm. um, the first, the first uh, five verses, please. Of Nahum. Our oh, first three, sorry, the first three. Of yeah. Nahum chapter one. Mm-hmm. It says... An oracle concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum of Elkosh. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Wow. So, within the first three verses, Jason, you're going to respond to something there? Pretty strong picture here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the very first, straight off the bat, verse two, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God, mm, right? And, and wrathful. <laughs> you know, he takes vengeance on his enemies or his, his adversaries. Mm. And then he flips it. The Lord is slow to anger. What, what does that sound like? The Lord is slow to anger. Uh, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. I think um, that sounds like uh, some of David's writing some of the Psalms, but David, I'm not sure whether you're talking about something else. There is a there is a time where um, he tells Moses to hide in the cleft of the rock. Ah, yes. And yes. he walks past. The whirlwind and the storm, yes. That's right. And yeah. then, and then the, the words come out, slow yeah. to anger, you, uh, gracious, merciful. Mm. And um, we, we hear similar things here. So the thing that I wanted to really pick up on today is as we, as we uh, go through the... Um, go through reading Nahum 
and hearing some of these things, it's really important that we try to understand the time that they're living in, mm. the audience that this is being pitched to and, and uh, spoken to. And, and I'll, I'll talk more about that in the uh, in the next next section. And and this picture here is against Nineveh. So Nineveh, we know, was uh, a particularly horrendous, um, violent uh, place. Yes, and, that's and they, right. They carried out that violence on their enemies. Yeah, popularly known because of the Jonah story, right? Mm. So this will get a good picture mm. of what Nineveh is about. Is this later after Jonah that we're talking about here? It is a... Um, it is, it's actually a... It is It is later, but he's kind of contemporary at the same time, mm. right? Because they had an opportunity mm. to repent. Which they, they did. did temporarily. Yes. But and then, then they, they turned away. Again. Correct, mm. yeah. And so uh, we see the character of God, and now we see the actions of God in verses 4 to 6. If you could read that, please. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither. Their bloom of Lebanon withers. The bloom of Lebanon. The mountains quake before him. The hills melt, the earth heaves before him, mm. the world and all who dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are broken into pieces by him. Well, okay, so we're getting a we're getting a powerful uh, warrior look mm. of God. Mm. You know, it's gone from slow to anger, and then it's gone to this, right? And Let's look at uh, 7 to 11. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Mm. But with an overflowing flood, he will make a complete end of the adversaries and will pursue his enemies into darkness. What do you plot against the Lord? He will make a complete end. Mm. Trouble will not rise up a second time. For they are like entangled thorns, like drunkards as they drink. They are consumed like stubble, fully dried. From you came one who plotted evil against the Lord, a worthless counsellor. Interesting words, that counsellor. Mm. So we've got actions. We've got, the, uh, this is probably the most popular um, quoted verse. If anybody does go to Nahum, I guarantee you, you hardly hear anyone quote from chapters 2 and 3. But Nahum 1 verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him, mm. right? So there, there, there's something that, that's a verse that we want to hang on to as we go through the next couple of chapters there's, because... There's some really contrasting um, pictures here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's like, God, is this powerful? Yeah, but, but he's loving. Yeah, no, he's loving. He's, <laughs> he wants to look after us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting. So it is. This is going to be an interesting study, I think. Yeah. Well, we've got a question for you this morning and uh, Margie has texted in this morning to say uh, hello and that, She's been busy moving, so we uh, hope that move has gone okay. Yeah. Um, so good morning, Margie, and to all of our other listeners. Here's a question for you this morning. We don't live under oppression like ancient Judah. So how do we ensure that we see our need, need for God? It's, mm. it's a bit too easy in our society, isn't Correct. it, for sometimes Correct. We don't know what it's not like to need think God. Like yeah. yeah, that's right. And these guys were, were under severe depression, I guess, in the same time as Jesus as well, with the Jews under the Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's easy to call upon God when you're in a time of trouble and struggle. <laughs> yes. But when we uh, live in such a comfort, you know, really a privileged Comfort, um, comfortable place. That's good word. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's right. How yep. do we recognise our need for God in that mm-hmm. situation? This is uh, Depth of Mercy by Kate Gustafsson.
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Leo this morning and we're talking about Nahum and Nineveh. We're mm. studying the book of Nahum and we're currently in chapter 1. We're going to get right through to chapter 3 by the end. We'll try. Yeah. Now, we did ask you a question. <coughs> we don't live under oppos- uh, oppression like the ancient Judah, people of Judah. How do we ensure that we see our need for God? That's a really good question because we can be way too comfortable in this life at mm-hmm. the moment. So mm-hmm. 0488-880-891 is the number to text in on. We've actually had Christina uh, come in with an answer. Um, she says, not the same times, but many of us still have troubles. People like uh, terminally ill people dying, loved ones, uh, injustice, financial hardship, many other challenging life issues. That's so true, Christina, or Christine. And, uh, yeah, we do thank you for your message. She says, we all need God every day. We that's would right. be lost without him. Well, that's what we want to remember. That's yep. the, that we need him every day. You know, not just when your car breaks down and the alternator's not working or yep. when somebody's terminally ill or in times of uh, death, which is always a, you know, always a sad thing. It, it, but even on that, even in that regard, and I'm not trying to play this down, we talked about those privileges, you know, like I, I, to, to complain about the car breaking down, mm. that's a privilege. Mm. Well, you've right? got a car. That's right. We've got a car that <laughs> takes me around, right? Yeah. But if we were to go into the time of um, these ancient Near, uh, ancient Near East um, cities that were conquered by the Assyrians, now I may stand corrected, I think it was nearly two centuries that they were in power, mm. the Assyrians. They were in power for that long and just imagine that you're born into a city that are already under the authority of a nation. Now, I don't know. I don't want to get too graphic here, but the Assyrians ruled with tyranny. Mm. And um, I'll talk about this later on, but they, they used trickery and deception to conquer nations. Mm. Right. And, and they had raised nearly every nation in the ancient Near East for some reason. Judah was, Jerusalem was one of the surviving cities, right? It was one of the ones that didn't quite get conquered like it, it should have. Um, and, and then, so keep in mind, imagine being born into a city with the possibility that your, your home is going to get, get, uh, raised mm. one day, right? You'll hear news. Oh, okay. Next week, that army's coming your way, right? And like I said, I don't want to be t- too graphic, but if you learn from Jonah's, Story, and you learn about the ancient Assyrians and their military military tactics. They did things intentionally to strike fear into everyone mm. else, right? So one of the things they used to do was um, they they would behead their enemies, put sticks outside the city, and have it advertised. Put their heads on these sticks to tell everyone as they come into the city, "This is what we did." Mm. This is what the Assyrians did. So if we tell you to do something, you better, do it. You better listen. Mm. And, uh, and and there was much more awful things that I'm not going to say on radio. But mm. anyone that's curious, you do your study and you'll find that these Assyrians were not um, were not a nation to be messed around with. But two, nearly two centuries they did this, mm. right? And so uh, I'm trying to now, now get, you can start to understand some of this um, this writing. Yeah. So as we get into chapter two and three, and <clears throat> as as you start, and as I said before, it may sound like hate speech to us because. Jason, you and me have never been born into a place where we're under threat. Mm. You know, like we have the possibility of mm. tomorrow, mm. Hobart's going to get taken over by 
the Malburnians coming down and they're gonna you know they're gonna try and kill everyone and take over the city. We don't we don't know what it's like yeah. to live like that, to take over our farms and everything that we you know, our houses that we built, the gardens that we made, our cattle. And you can you can partly understand it by looking at some of the conflicts that are going on in the world today. Yeah. You know, where, you know, different countries are fighting each other and fighting over borders and things like that. Yeah. Um, that you can understand if I was in their situation and somebody was invading our country. Yes. I would not be happy. <laughs> I no, would not like it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, let's, let's take, for example, um, uh, you're you you're somebody that lives in Ukraine, mm. right? And you literally see the buildings, you literally see your your loved ones, your friends mm. being killed from these missiles and whatnot. And then somebody comes with a message and says, I have a message from God. Yep. The Russia this is what's gonna to happen to the Russians, you know, they're gonna be um conquered, they're gonna have missiles falling in their thing, they're gonna have to you, to you as a Ukrainian that is trying to mm. find your where where to live the next day and mm. blah blah blah. To you, that's good news, mm. right? Mm. That's that's news of wow, I'm going to be freed. But and we're not we're not promoting um, or glorifying, you know, death or uh, no. things like that. Because ultimately, it's a sad thing when when people fight and and die. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but if you're um, under oppression, if you're being attacked, yep. To have uh, God intervene, yes, or to have that. In this case, it was a prophecy, really, wasn't it, as to what was going to happen? To that's them. right. That's right. Nahum's mm-hmm. coming with a prophecy, mm-hmm. and and like you said before, the Faith FM app that we that we talked about earlier. If you go into a series before the previous series, I actually talked about God's kingdom being demonstrated through the family unit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when the family unit is disrupted by force, mm-hmm. tyranny, violence, what? Well, Guess who's not happy about that? That's trying to demonstrate their kingdom through through the family unit. Mm. God's not happy about that. Yeah. God's God's trying to tell us to live as a family, and then there are those who just want to take power. They want to, um, you know, they want to use deception. So, so we're, use, we're having a different type of um, enemy <laughs> in essence, yeah. aren't we, in our society? That's right. So even though we live in comfort, we've got a different enemy. Correct. Because that's one of the greatest threats, I think, to our society, isn't it? That, that's right. That's right. You know, and we try and pinpoint, we want to pinpoint, um, we'd like to have our finger point to something and say, this is where the trouble's coming from. And praise the Lord, we actually know the spirit of Assyria, the spirit of the Enemites, mm. the spirit of all this comes from uh, what we find in Isaiah 14, right? It's mm. Satan himself. It's the yeah. spirit of Satan. Satan. So we understand that when oppression comes in our lives, we understand where that, that comes down to. Mm. Well, that helps us understand the context of this a bit more. Big mm. time, big time. So let's, let's have a read of um, verses 12 to 14 in verse, uh, chapter 1, please. Joseph. 12 to 15, we'll go. Yeah. We'll finish off chapter 1. Um, Thus says the Lord, though they are at full strength and many, they will be cut down and pass away. Though I have afflicted you, I will afflict you no more. And now I will break this yoke from off you. That's a strange sentence. (laughs) I will uh, and will burst your bonds apart. The Lord has given commandment about you. No more shall your name be perpetuated. From the house of your gods, I will cut off the carved image and the metal image. I will make your grave, for you are vile. He's talking about uh, Nineveh there, yep. Roshim. Behold, upon the mountains, the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. 
Keep your feasts, O Judah, fulfill your vows, for never again shall the worthless pass you, uh, through you. He is utterly cut off. <laughs> now, last week I said, when it came to the Old Testament, they never talked about God's judgment without talking about salvation. Mm. And you see, you see Nahum doing the same thing. Mm. God's going to judge Nineveh, but behold are the mountains, the fruit of who brings good news. What's the good news? Nineveh is going to be judged. Mm. The capital city of Assyria is going to be judged. And then he says, the things, the, the, the commitments that are made with you, keep your feasts, O Judah. The feasts were meant to point to God and the plan of salvation. Mm. right? So they weren't to lose their identity. Mm. So what we learn here is, through the oppression of Assyria, they have lost the identity in Christ and in, in, in understanding the plan of salvation. So God is saying, when I clear them out the way, you're going to know who you are again. Mm. You're my people, and I am your God. And ultimately that did happen, isn't it, when they went back to Jerusalem after after Babylon, after they rebuilt the temple and they started, you know, worshipping again. Yeah. yeah. They remembered the ways. They remembered the, the system of worship that reminded them of God's salvation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But as, as we start approaching chapter 2 and 3, like you said, you know, they, they were restored and it was such a celebration for them. They got to have their feast again and understand mm. salvation. But I've ever... <clears throat> Have you ever gone through the thought, the thought process of what it would feel like to lose everything? Mm. Like in, in just in, in one, like in one moment, I've 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 done that a number of times. Um, probably once every blue moon, and it's uh, it, it hurts. It is it is a really really um, difficult thing to try and to go through. And the the thing in the back of my mind is, <laughs> it's highly unlikely it's going to happen to me. You know, like I don't, I don't live like these people in the ancient Near East, where um, you know, one moment they've got everything, next moment it's all gone mm. because of massive cities and and uh, bullies like the Assyrians in those days. We're going to go to another break, but our question today: We don't live under oppression like ancient mm. Judah. How do we ensure that we see our need for God? Text us in on 0488 uh, We've got a book coming up. It's called A Book Offer, Radical Protection. So stay tuned. This is Goodness of God by Meredith James.
possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're speaking with David Leo this morning. We've been talking about the second minor prophet that uh, we're going to look at, Nahum, and this is talking about the time of Nineveh or certainly talking about the prediction or the prophecy of the destruction of Nineveh. So um, we did ask you a question. Um, how do we ensure that we see our need for God? Text us in, because we live in a pretty comfortable life, not like the uh, people of Judah were living. So text us in on 0488-880891. David, uh, we're going to get into chapter 2. Yeah, we're about to start. About yeah. to start the, but we, what others that don't know Jesus probably, probably see this as, man, that's hate speech. That's, yeah. Mm. That's, this is a bit rude. Mm. But... Uh, Let's see how our listeners deal with this. Yeah. Right, if you're hearing Nahum for the first time. If and, you've got uh, some questions, text us in. Yeah. Some of it's uh, very strong language. Incredibly, incredibly <laughs> strong, incredibly strong language. And uh, like I said before, you don't hear many preachers quote from uh, Nahum 2 or 3. Mm. Certainly um, Nahum 1, but not, not 2 and 3. But let's get into it. Nahum uh, 2 verses 1 to 5, please, Jason. It says, The scatterer has come up against you. Man the ramparts, watch the road, dress for battle, collect all your strength. For the Lord is restoring the majesty of Jacob as the majesty of Israel. Mm. For plunderers have plundered them and ruined their branches. 
The shield of his mighty men is red. His soldiers are clothed in scarlet. Chariots come with flashing metal on the day he musters them. The cypress spears are are brandished. The chariots race madly through the streets. They rush to and fro through the squares. They gleam like torches. They dart like lightning. He remembers his officers. They stumble as they go. They hasten to the wall. The siege tower is set up. Wow. Now, the way, even the way you read that, um, Jason, you can see that this is, this is like action. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like it's flashing through scenes. It reminds me of some of those, um, <coughs> those movies like, uh, I don't know, I haven't actually watched any of them, but like um, 300, you know. Oh, yes. Those, uh, uh, the 300 yeah. men that fought the battles. Well, then <laughs> Nahum has done his job, Jason. Yeah. Because if your imagination can go there, yeah. he's actually described, what, what, is, what is scary here, Jason, is there's, there's, there's Babylonian chronicles that, chronicle their conquering of because the Babylonians and the Medes actually worked together to conquer Nineveh mm. and the descriptions of the red um, shield you know either it's a reflection yeah. of the sun and whatnot, or, or uh, yeah or, or it's it's. Uh, but what is, is crazy is that that was the colour mm. of what the Medes used right right they used they use that colour as part of the that uniform. That colour, yeah. And, and so the descriptions that, that Nahum is giving mm. is actually more descriptive than the Babylonian Chronicles, mm. that, the, that the way he describes what's happening here. Mm. There's p- people in Nineveh at panic stations, mm. right? They are now under attack. Mm. The way that all these kingdoms in ancient Near East, the way they felt when the Assyrians were about to come down on them, they are now starting to feel what that what that's like mm. right right in the heart of uh, Assyria even even the descriptions you know like the chariots come with flashing, flashing metal. metal and and this uh, idea of um, they gleam like torches they dart like lightning amazing it, it's the metal isn't it the yeah. picture of that shiny metal with the spears and the swords and that's a good pick up Jason everything else you know mm. um, that's one of the only places where they use the word metal in the Hebrew mm-hmm yeah, there's a bit of contention over that, that the use of that word, but yeah, there's there's um, there's clashing, there's mm. action, there's yeah. panic, right? And then um, verses six to ten, please. Yep, it says <coughs> the river gates are opened, the palace melts away, its mistress is stripped, she is carried off, her slave girls lamenting, moaning like doves and beating their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose waters run away. Halt, halt! They cry. But none turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. There is no end of the treasure or of the wealth of all precious things. Desolate, desolation and ruin. Hearts melt and knees tremble. Anguish is in all loins. All faces grow pale. So now he makes a reference that one of the most key elements to uh, Nineveh's success was their ability to have their water system there. They actually had their own own pool of being able to um, use it for all types of you know for bathing, for drinking. They had a they had a system there where they held it together, and now it's like a flood, mm. right? It's the, the walls are broken, the the boundaries are all broken down, and it's talking about there whose waters run away. Yeah, whose waters run away, and yeah. now. That that um, that mistress that is stripped, either they're talking about the queen and all her servants, but there's also a god, uh, the goddess of the Assyrians, a mm. fertility goddess, 
was that Ishtar? Ishtar, yeah. right? So mm. Ishtar is also there, and they had they had idols of Ishtar. Mm. So that could be another reference to uh, Ishtar has been carried off, mm. and um, you know the sacred prostitutes that that work that that are served in the temple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they it could be both, you mm. know, the queen and the. But now the plunderer is being plundered. Mm. Their silver and gold is getting taken now. Mm. And uh, guess how they got their silver and gold? Originally? Well, well the, the plundering, I suppose. Oh, the well, plundering, also, what's, yeah. what's the other word for plundering? I don't know. Oh, so. Plundering, I always put in the context of war. You know, after yeah. after battle, people go and uh, yep. plunder things, or even like in riots where um, people are smashing, like looting, looting. and plundering. Yeah. yeah. There's a. Um, they stole it. They stole it. Right. Mm. And now we're looking in another thing of God's character. Uh, God will judge cities or even people that build their wealth from ta- from taking it from others, mm. acquiring it by force. Mm. Right. Here is something that we see that God would prefer. And when we read like books like Isaiah and Jeremiah and we talk about the new, where they talk about the new earth. Mm. It says you will build your own houses, mm. you will plant your own vineyards. You know, there, there's a thing about building from your own family. Mm. You know, not taking from others yeah. by force. You know, mm. that's not part of the way God's kingdom works. No. You know, so um, and then, and then it says in verse uh, verse uh, ten, desolate, desolate. You know, <clears throat> for those who study the Book of Revelation, there's so many uh, references. The, the water, the water in the city, the uh, the desolation. Faces growing pale. The confidence is gone. Mm. Centuries of uh, you know of ruling. You know, it reminds me of uh, my dad. He used to he used to watch boxing. You know, I used to watch it with him. I got the same fascination that my dad had after a while. And there was a guy that rose through the ranks. His name was Mike Tyson. Yes. Whew. When Mike Tyson fought, he was scary. He was just making people go to sleep. Left, right, and center with this powerful punch. And at a time, I thought, man, this guy's unbeatable. And then I remember sitting with sitting with Dad and watching this fight against James Buster Douglas, and it was the first time I seen Mike Tyson lose, mm. and it, it felt weird. It's like, wow, the champion can lose, mm. right? And the Assyrians, for so long, for centuries, they've been the champions. They've been the guys. It would have got to people. There's no one that can beat this beat this city. Mm. And then Nahum comes out with this prophecy. They're going to get destroyed, mm. right? They're going to get destroyed now. And it's like, wow, how? How do you compute that? That's just the hard thing to compute. So I'll read the last two verses, 11 yep, and 12. 11 and 12, it says, Where is the lion's den, the feeding place of the young lions, where the lion and lionesses went, where his cubs were uh, with none to disturb? The lion tore enough for his cubs and strangled prey for his lioness. He filled his caves with prey and his dens with torn flesh. Behold, I am against you, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will burn you. Uh, sorry, I will burn your chariots in smoke and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth and the voice of your messengers shall no longer be heard. There's a lot of talk about lions here. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. The lion was the national... What do you call it when uh, you have a like an animal that represents your... Yeah, it's a national symbol. The um, What do they call it? The... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like the icon. Anyway, yeah, you know, like... Um, I know Australia used the wallabies, you know, for rugby. You know, the, it's... Uh, well, one of those things. But the, the Assyrians used the lion... A fierce lion, you know, like 
It's, it's nearly like a counter to the line of Judah. That was also used <clears throat> in uh, Babylon as well, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. It's like they took they took from uh, mm. the Assyrians, but um, the Assyrians used the lion as their powerful tool, or you know, on their um, on their flags and whatnot. And then Nahum uses his sarcasm, right? Mm. You, you're the lion, but you're lying. You're lying, and cubs are going to be no use mm. on that day. And and that line, popular line, behold, I'm against you, declares the Lord of hosts. I'm against you. He's against this bullying nation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've got a book offer coming up uh, right after the break. It's called Radical Protection. Are you aware that a great cosmic battle is being fought over your soul? While the attacks from the enemy can be subtle, the results can be disastrous. Discover the reality of the conflict and how to embrace the essential radical protection that only God can provide uh, in these precious times of Earth's history. This is the book we've got today. The cosmic battle between good and evil is real, uh, but put on the whole armour of God. And Jack Blanco, the author of The Clear Word, um, uh, quotes that in relation to this book. It's actually written by Derek Morris. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the break, there'll be a bit more. Uh, sorry, we'll give you the code for this book, and uh, you can claim one of three copies. So stay tuned. But right now, this is "I Need Jesus" by Ryan Proudfoot. In this world, there is trouble. But you bring peace I find it on my face Yeah, on my knees In my darkest of hours I will call your name When I'm weary and broken In my weakness I will pray I need Jesus I need real love I don't need another fancy
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program today with David Leo. We're talking about Nahum and Nineveh. Now, before the break, we talked about our book offer today. It's called Radical Protection by Derek Morris. We've got three copies to give away. And so here's the code for that book today. It's called Minor Number 2 is the code, M-I-N-O-R and number 2, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, David, uh, we're just at Chapter 3. Um, yeah. We need to, we're trying to get to the end of the... I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. So we won't, we won't be able to read everything. We will read some. But I wanted to share this. Um, somebody that was in the power of, who was the king of Assyria, Shalmaneser III in um, 1858 to 824 BC, he wrote this when he took over one of the cities that they conquered. And it says this, thinking about the poetic language that Nahum uses. Mm. And you can see how there's a contrast. It's like they're getting a taste of their own medicine, right? Mm. This is what he wrote. I slew their warriors with the sword, descending upon them like a dad when he makes a rainstorm, one of their gods, when he makes a rainstorm pour down. In the moat of the town, I piled them up. I covered the wide plain with the corpses of their fighting men. I dyed the mountains with their blood like red wool. I took away from him many chariots, horses broken to the yoke. I erected pillars of skulls in front of his town, destroyed his other towns, tore down their walls and burnt them down. Yeah, that was that. It goes on, yeah, mm. but there's a real boasting. There's a real, we're tough. Mm. Yeah? No, no one can stop us. So that's, a, that's who's this king here? The, Shamanasa III is the king of Assyria right. in, in, the eight, in the 800 BC. So he's boasting about his uh, conquerings and, and violence. That's right. Mm. And it should give us a bit of an insight of why Nahum is talking the way he's talking. Mm. Right. He's got, Nahum's got a bit of military insight, which is mm. interesting as well. Yeah. But if we could read verses from chapter 3, verses 1, to seven, please. Sure. Woe to the bloody city, all full of lies and plunder, no end to the prey. The crack of the whip and rumble of the wheel, galloping horse and bounding chariot, horsemen charging, flashing sword and glittering spear, hosts of slain, heaps of corpses, dead bodies without end, they stumble over the bodies. It's a pretty grim picture. Mm -hmm. And all for the countless whorings of the prostitute, graceful and deadly charms, who betrays nations with her whorings and peoples with her charms. Behold, I am against you, declares the Lord of hosts, and will lift up your skirts over your face, and I will make nations look at your nakedness and kingdoms at your shame. I will throw filth at you and treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. And all who look at you will shrink from you and say, Wasted is Nineveh. Who will grieve for her? Where shall I seek comforters for you? Wow. Now, <clears throat> why no one's going to care too much about a nation who is so violent and, and horrible to people. <laughs> That's right. And you get an insight of what Nineveh or Assyria did to those that they conquered. Yes. Right. It even makes references to the um, the flashing sword and glittering yes. spear, which is very similar to what we just read. In the earlier chapter, yep. Right. And, and then it makes comments about um, the whoring and prostituting, mm-hmm. graceful and deadly charms. Now, one of the things they used to do to the little little cities or little uh, nations is they would say to them, hey, um, you're pretty small, so you might need our army to protect you. Yeah. And they would say, yeah, okay, so you're going to pay your taxes, we'll look after you. And for example, King Ahaz in the Bible, they did this to him. And Isaiah warned him, 
don't go into alliance with Assyria. God will look after look after his nation. Mm. But he did. Mm. And then after he, they um, said, oh, we'll protect you, they used it as an excuse to take over Damascus, take over Samaria, took people out of Samaria, put put foreigners in there, and that caused a whole heap of well, problems it, in the future. So right down to the time of uh, Christ when you've got the Samaritans right. and the, the, the uh, Jews. That's the, right, because the, they're, they're not full, full Jews anymore. They're not, right? real, they're not real Jews. Yeah, they're mixed. <laughs> they're you know, apostate they're, Jews. They're mixed, like, yeah, so <laughs> they cause a whole heap of problems. So they did this to many nations. They used... It says it used their graceful and deadly charms, mm. right? That's what um, Nineveh did. And then it goes to the point of raising your skirts. That's nakedness, mm. you know, and, and, and shaming them, making them a spectacle. Exactly what the Assyrians did to the country. To the, there's one thing I read about. <clears throat> they used to get uh, kings that they conquered, put doll collars on them, put them in the front gate on leashes, and tell them to bark. And protect our city, mm. right? So that was their way of humiliating, right? Humiliating mm. and, and really getting to the man. We're the boss, and no mm. one's gonna, no one's gonna change this. But he, this is gonna meet its. Uh, uh, when we go to the last verse, we're missing so much. It talks about the Thebes and the River Nile and all these places that they conquered that mm. people thought was unconquerable, mm. but the Assyrians conquered it. But let's go to the last verse. Uh, time is not on our side. <laughs> It says, there is no easing your hurt. Your wound is grievous. All who hear about the news about you clap their hands over you, for upon whom has not come your unceasing evil. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, this is hard people, to comprehend. People are celebrating and clapping at the destruction of Nineveh because they were such a violent and... Uh, you know, me. Finally, the champion, <laughs> finally, this evil champion is taken down. Yeah. You know, and it says, clap their hands over you. Uh, you know, is this, this maybe sounds unchristian like. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Should we, um, there was a verse that we looked at in Obadiah that said, um, don't gloat over me. Yeah. Right? Don't gloat over me. Don't, uh, but that that's God's people talking. Mm. Don't gloat over, gloat over me in my oppression. When evil gets taken out, yeah. I guarantee you, when we come to the understanding that, that Christ has brought an end to sin and death and separation, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be doing more than clapping our hands. Mm. Right? There's there's something about that. But in, in all this, in all of Nahum, there's something that we need to understand. Uh, we touched on it earlier. When we read these uh, books and books that are similar to Nahum, we have to understand the time that they're living in. Right? Why they can? Why this, the the messengers talking this particular way? In fact, I said it's important to know Jesus as judge, because um, because one of the one of the most important uh, elements of the Seventh Day Adventist message, we call it the three angels message. Hmm. Right? In a nutshell, Revelation fourteen. In a nutshell, I'm going to say it like this: Revelation, uh, the first angel says, "Fear God and worship Him, because He's the Creator and He made everything." Right. Uh, second, uh, second one is uh, Babylon has fallen. Right. Third one is well, you better make a choice because here are the consequences. The second message of Babylon has fallen. It's one that we don't like to hear, mm. right? Because when we talk about Babylon, we have to expose what Babylon looks like. Babylon looks like this. It is antichrist, mm. right? This is against the kingdom of Christ, and then we talk against it. Well, in the modern age, it's not good to talk against something. 
Mm. Right? You shouldn't clap your hands against Babylon. You know, we just have to stay quiet. Stay quiet. <laughs> Don't talk about it. You know, when when uh, if someone's doing something wrong. Um, <coughs> Don't point it out, but but one of one of the the mission, one of the, uh, the the things that God has asked us to do, when you see evil, call it for what it is, mm. right? Point it out because evil is destroying people. Mm. Evil, as far as we understand, it is oppressing oppressing people in these um, in our current time, and so what, what we need to understand is we need to come to a point where we're calling for justice. Mm. We should be saying. Babylon needs to fall. Mm. Babylon needs to be gone, mm. and the only way to understand that is um, only way to understand it is to look towards the cross, Jesus on the cross. When we see that violence that was done to him. We should come to an understanding. Oh, you know, this is amazing what he's done in order for us to receive justice. The last thing I want to say is don't make the mistake of seeing God's long suffering. As impotence, as weakness, yeah. as weakness. Mm. no, this, that they were two very separate things. We saw how um, Nahum described God; he's a powerful God, but as Second Peter says, he doesn't want anyone, he doesn't want anyone to uh, to, to suffer and finish. So, um, you know, in, in uh, looking at Nahum today, live in hope, knowing that God will bring justice and deliverance, and um, know know and understand Jesus as judge. So that when you hear things like this, you can understand that this is actually God's goodness acting. Mm. It's a it's a good thing to get into our heads, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. justice is a good thing um, when it's eradicating evil. That's right. Mm. With God's on the throne. Yeah. Now uh, next week, did you uh, have you lined up what you're doing next week? Because I'm going to be away next week. That's right, Jason. I'm scared as anything as I'll be uh, running it, but I uh, I have asked the guests to come. And um, I believe we'll... A surprise. I, yes, it'll be a surprise. Okay, no worries. So tune in next Wednesday with David. And uh, Lost and Found, The Lost Son is the title of tomorrow's program with David Maxwell. Remember our code today, Minor 2, Radical Protection is the book offer. So as we go out today, today we just uh, pray and hope that you encounter Jesus more. And uh, this is All You'll Ever Need by Andrew Peterson. Blood of Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. He can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need.
you have it so you live. 